Hello, you're listening to Radio Maria with me, Tim Hutchinson, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to singer-songwriter Melanie Penn. Hello, Melanie. Hello, Tim. Thanks so much for having me. It's so lovely to um, have you on the program. Um, now, Melanie, I came across your music recently when I stumbled across your Christmas album, Emmanuel, and I found it really uh, arresting and beautiful and um I today I want to talk about some of the musical journey that has happened before then because when I looked into um a bit about your bio I saw all kinds of interesting threads that I'm sure have come together in in different ways um from working in theater to being trained classically to being a worship leader and I'd love to um to go on a bit of a, a musical journey with you today and hear a little bit about that. I, I wonder how you feel about that. Well, well, you're right. First of all, thanks so much for having me. And I love, I love your country and I love being there and I hope to get back to England. Mm. I haven't been since before COVID. Um, I used to go every year, cool. so I'll have to come see you. I, I, you know, I, I write songs now. I'm focused solely on writing songs, but it didn't start out that way. And I was very late to songwriting. I didn't start writing songs until I was in my 20s. And most of the song, songwriters I know start a lot earlier in life messing around with songwriting. But I really was a singer from an early age. So I would, by the way, is my mic okay? Is everything yeah, sounding great. okay? I can hear you nicely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a singer from a very early age and I just was focused on singing other people's material. So whether that was classical composers or American art songs or later on, I did a lot of Broadway work and did musicals. Eventually, I just wanted to sing my own words. Mm. And there's a, only one way to sing your own words and that's to write the songs. So yeah. I pivoted to songwriting really after having a pretty extensive performing journey in singing other people's songs. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I'm kind of envious of singers like, you know, there's a lot of singers out there who they just focus on their voice and they sing what other people write for them. And now I look at that and I'm like, wow, what a luxurious path. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to do the songwriting trial as well, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it now. Like yeah. now that I sing my own songs, I don't think I would do it, it is, another way. It is a trial. As you say, um, writing music, isn't it? Like there's something quite frightening about it. I can imagine. Um, well, and you write songs too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you're speaking yeah. from experience. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's something um, you have to give a piece of yourself in the music that you write if you if you want it to mean something. And um, there's always this fear that uh, it's not going to come out the way that you want it to come out. Or I don't know, maybe you don't have this, but like uh, that the last song you wrote is the last song. It's the last one. No, I definitely <laughs> have that. I definitely have that. And so much of it is out of your control. You know, you show up for work for a lot of jobs and it's well within your control, you know, yeah. and for songwriting, you could show up for work and nothing happens. And so there's a lot of surrender to the process. Like, wow, what's it going to be today? You know, I could, sh I could show up and punch the clock, but that doesn't mean any, anything mm. good's going to happen. Now I'd love to hear a little bit about um, the beginnings of your musical journey um, before, long before songwriting began, and um, 
to hear a little bit about the kind of of environment that nourished music for you. So, so where did it begin? Like, um, tell us about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know a real beginning. I loved to sing, so I was always singing as a kid. And my parents noticed that, that I would walk around the house singing and go to bed singing and wake up singing. And so I think they tried to nurture that interest. And like many people, the first place to nurture singing was at church. Mm -hmm. So I started singing solos at church. I was like six or seven in the little children's choir, you know, singing solos. And then, and then my church would do musicals and different like theatrical presentations. That was a part of what the church community life was. Mm -hmm. So I got to do that at an early age. Um, you know, parallel to that, I, I got really into old American movie musicals, mm. like from the forties and the fifties. And I just devoured those movies. And the nice thing about that was my mom would actually let me watch them. So like they were movies that I could watch considering that my parents were pretty conservative. You know, mm. I wasn't, I wasn't ever allowed just to turn on cable and watch whatever I wanted, but old, old musicals are pretty wholesome. And I, and, and all of that music is so good. It's yeah. like George Gershwin, Irving Berlin, like all of these amazing composers. I think somewhere, I think somewhere in there without knowing it, I started learning how to write songs that tell a story. Mm -hmm. And to this day, writing songs that tell a story or writing songs from a, a very specific perspective is really important to me. Um, and, and looking back, it must have come from, that material just absorbing movie musicals yeah did you ever see yourself as as going into um film with music no but that would be fun hey if <laughs> hollywood wants to come calling let's do it um no i never did i never did because i think for me it translated more to going to new york to actually doing those m musicals on stage okay yeah, no, I'd like to. I'd like to hear about that. But you, you, you took classical lessons. I understand that must have come before you got into theater. I did. So I, I was in, I was in a production of, um, it's an operetta mm -hmm. uh, called A Mall and the Night Visitors. My church in Virginia performed it, and there's a young character in it who's who's named Amal, and it's usually performed by a boy. So like a 12 to 13 year old boy, but they didn't have any boy singers <laughs> who could do it. It's really rare anymore to find like boy sopranos, you know, mm -hmm. at least in the U S that that's a, an art form that's kind of lost in the U S but so I performed it as a, as a young girl, cause I could sing the music cause yeah. it's soprano range. And from that, I linked up with a voice teacher who, you know, she really took me under her wing and taught me how to sing. And she thought at the time, you know, oh, you're, you're, you were, you were in this operetta and you have a soprano voice and you could definitely go into opera. Hmm. And so that was a lot of my training. I mean, I, I did classical music competitions and then went to a conservatory and studied voice classically. Yeah. But I, I could always tell that it wasn't going to really lock in in the opera world. And I didn't know what to do with that information. I just kind of felt it like, I don't know if this is going to happen. And, and that's okay. You know, 
I, I think a lot of my life, there, there are people, artists in particular, who they just kind of have this innate sense of where they belong early. Yeah. And that has not been me. Yeah. You just knew Once, you didn't belong in, in opera. Yeah. But, but then it's like, it's not like I wasn't going to be a professional singer. I, I still was like, well, I'm going to be a professional singer, but where do I fit in? Cause that's kind of a lot of the battle, like finding out where you belong mm -hmm. as an artist. Cause there's a, so many paths you could go down. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So that kind of led me, I was like, okay, opera, this isn't, this isn't going to be a thing but I can go to New York and do musicals and that sounds really fun. Right. And so I did that. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, but it would be cool. I think I have something to say. It would be cool to on my own, write songs and say what I want to say. So eventually I did that, but it took a while. There's mm -hmm. like years in between those things. I don't know if I'm speaking about it in a very clear way, but that's what happened. No, no, that's cool. Um, I suppose, I imagine that, that, uh, going into musicals, that was, uh, kind of like reliving um those early musicals that you were listening to and and watching as a kid oh 100 percent. i was trying to channel that experience uh -huh. you know because it was so formative artistically these women on you know in these musicals like glamorous and singing and in the beautiful dresses and the and the love story and the this i was just like i think from a young age i was like i i want to do that and mm. then i was pursuing that <laughs> whatever that was you know that like dream of the, being in the 1950s and being in movie musicals that's very cool i think let's go to um one of your songs because uh, i'm sure people hearing a bit of your journey right now if they haven't already uh, heard you are wondering um wanting to to hear what you what your music sounds like and um and then when we get back i want us to talk a little bit more about about the musicals uh, that you that you performed in um the first song that we're gonna gonna play is uh, you gave me love do you want to maybe mention what album this comes off sure you gave me love is it just came out a few days ago in the united states oh, wow. and everywhere so it's a new <laughs> song and um it's part of a collection that's rolling out this year we still haven't titled what the collection will be so at this point it's a single okay. and it's it's called you gave me love here it is You 
Listening to Radio Maria, and we're busy speaking to Melanie Penn, the um, writer and performer of that wonderful song, You Gave Me Love. Um, and uh, so clearly, when I listen to that, you can hear um, 1 Corinthians 13 coming through. Um, but it, I, I was wondering when I was listening to it, is this a song that you wrote with uh, the scripture in mind first? Um, or did it come the other way around? Because in some ways, it's almost like you're you're looking through the lens of scripture rather than beginning with the scripture. If that makes sense, I, I definitely was thinking of the scripture first. Okay, yeah, it's it's lovely, and it comes at it at, at a kind of angle that um, takes one a little bit by surprise. You know, if you if you put the first few lines down, um, then suddenly it it. Uh, it segues into into that uh, what Paul is saying. It's it's really lovely. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It helped me. You know, sometimes songs help me see the scripture better. It's like my devotion is in the song. Uh-huh. So I'm glad. Do you find uh, songwriting a way of meditating on scripture? Definitely not always, but when it does happen, it, it is. I think songwriting at its best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always that way. Yeah. So we were talking just before the song break about um, your background in classical music and then going on to uh, the theater. And I'd love to hear about um, a little bit more about that. You know, you said that you moved to to New York 
Um, did they roll out the red carpet for you? I mean, no, oh my gosh. <laughs> New York doesn't roll out the red carpet for anyone. No, you don't. <laughs> Tell us a bit about I, what that's like um, trying to make it in New York. Yeah. I, and I, I, I can't, I don't know if I ever really made it. I don't know if anyone ever really makes it, but, um, I, you know, I, I shared an apartment with, with two girlfriends from my hometown. I, my room was not big enough for a bed. I, <laughs> I would, it, it was, I went to New York before the, this digital age. So yeah. when I, when I got there, if you wanted to audition for a Broadway show, you had to go to where the audition was going to be held, like show up at the building and sign your name on a sheet that was taped to the door. Mm-hmm. And there were so many girls in New York at the time. So auditions, I don't know if they're still this way, but auditions at that time were women only and then men only. So they would do a women's audition and then do, they do a men's audition for the, the women's and men's roles. And there were so many girls in New York at the time trying to break into Broadway. You'd have to go to the building at like 4 a.m. Mm. So you would get out of bed. You'd go to the building where the audition was, sign your name. So there'd be girls like in their pajamas signing their name out front. And then you go home, you try to sleep a couple more hours. Then you go back to the building, like in your audition dress or whatever. I mean, it was really grueling. Yeah. And then I would, and, and you're only in the room for like 20 seconds. So, wow. so sometimes you usually you can sing 32 bars of music or a whole, a, a, a verse and a chorus, whatever. But New York was so congested at that time with the, the Broadway world was experiencing such a renaissance. You know, everyone wanted to be a part of it. Sometimes it would be like eight bars, wow. like, like Walton sing eight bars and leave. It's like, that's hard to do. That's really hard to do to command a room with eight bars. And then I would go to my, you know, temp job in an office or I worked at a mm-hmm. lot of restaurants, you know, at night I would try to make money and survive. Um, and I think my rent at the time was like $600 a month. Wow. And <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt, it felt kind of crazy. It felt crazy, but I had a blast doing it. I met so many amazing people and sometimes the auditions were good. And sometimes I, I clicked in and I did something great and would get cast. But over time, here, here's the deal. Here, here's why Broadway can take it out of you. The show closes and you are right back where you started. Mm. And I got so weary of feeling like I was going back to zero every time. Mm-hmm. And I think that really propelled me to writing songs, even, even more than the fact that innately I, I wanted to say something and express things. I was like, gosh, it'd be, it'd be so much nicer to be in control of my fate a little more, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and have more, have just have more ownership. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so much happier in this world yeah. than in the, in the world of constant auditioning. Um, have you seen that film La La Land? Mm. I, I think I saw it once on a flight. Yeah. Okay. Cause I know that's in LA, but um, I wonder if, is it a bit like that? The audition process? Don't know if you remember it. I think so. Yeah. The, the um, it's, she was the an actress. male, yeah. she's an actress, but they're both, they're both in, they're both act, an actor and actress, right? I think he's, he's a jazz musician. She's an actress. 
And what happened? Does she actually make it at the end? What happens? Then well, we she, won't spoil it for everyone. <laughs> she makes it. She does her own thing. Bit she does her you. own thing. Yeah. Hey, it's story as old as time, you know, yeah. like the, the person who just needs a break. And now I'm in the, the independent music world. And sometimes I still feel that way. Like, oh, gosh, could one song just get out there, you know, like really get out there and reach a lot of people. Yeah. But the fact is do, doing but I'm no longer bound. I still get to create. Mm-hmm. When you're auditioning as a performer, you don't even get to create unless you're cast. Yeah. So I I don't have to wait to be selected at an audition in order to cr- be creative now. Yeah. And that really helps me. That's cool. Um I want to play your song um the melody. Oh yeah. And um it, it's cool cuz it's got these sort of themes of the city and you know yeah. I can imagine New York was probably in your mind when you were writing this or, or where were you when you wrote this song i was actually in nashville when i wrote it okay. but i but yes i was very much i was living in new york at the time and was just in nashville um doing traveling here to visit so i love the melody it's one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. okay here it is so this is melanie penn singing the melody it's children laughing in the Yeah. 
you're listening to Radio Maria, and that was Melanie Penn singing the melody. Um, and uh, lovely song. Really enjoyed that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, do you remember what came first in that song? Because the, the kind of central part of the heartbeat is the thing that <laughs> sort of sticks in one's mind. I know. Um, that song actually came out pretty easily. It all kind of tumbled out in a day. Um, and that uh, the heart, my heartbeat is the rhythm part, um, just kind of naturally extended out of the chorus. And when it happened, I was like, Oh, I like this. This is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It is cool. And it's got, it's got a great joy to it. Um, fun music video too. Really nice. Um, so we were talking about, uh, the grueling lifestyle of trying to make it in, um, in theater in New York. Um, but I read that you also were a worship leader. Was this at the same time? Yes. So I started, I, when I was, when I was in, yes, when I, oh my gosh, why am I having trouble talking? When I was actually in town in New York, I started to travel a lot with Broadway shows, but when I was in town, I started singing at church. Um, and I just loved doing that. Yeah. And then for a short time, I was the regular music director at a Lutheran church in Midtown. And I had a lot of fun doing that too. But um, I was, I was very involved with, with a church in Manhattan and, and sang there a lot. And that church planted a lot of others. So Mm -hmm. there were kind of offshoots in Brooklyn and other parts of the city and I would sing there too. So it was a kind of a vast network of congreg- congregations that I was involved with. Cool. And when you were a music director, was that like, uh, did you have a choir that you managed or what sort of stuff was it? No, like the, the church where the larger church I was a part of had resources like that, mm-hmm. but I was never the director. The, the Lutheran church that I was music director of was very humble you know, I would show up with a guitar and sing, and then sometimes I'd hire a couple other musicians to yeah. to sing with me, and we would do hymns and praise songs, and just keep it like very simple. Cool. And when did the guitar come into your um, kind of scope of of musical? Uh, yeah, it's just over time. I'm still learning about the guitar. I have a great I have a great guitar teacher now that I'm in Nashville full time, and she's really helping me a lot. I started writing on the guitar and kind of taught myself, and now I can actually, you know, go play a concert just me and guitar. You know, mm. but that took a long time to get to that point. And I'm still, I'm still learning. Cool. Okay. So you, um, you would usually perform with a band and I do perform with a band a lot. Um, you know, nowadays it comes down to, to budget. It's like, how much can I really spend? Yeah. And if the budget allows to play with a band, I'll definitely bring a band and do a concert. But a lot yeah. of times now it just makes more sense to do so show solo and for traveling, especially when I've come to the UK and done shows, I've never, I've never done a, done a band show in the UK, I don't think, but I have done a lot of performing in Scotland, um, and a couple parts of England and Ireland with just me and guitar. And that's great. Cause you just like, you know, take your, take your guitar on a Ryanair flight and hope that nobody yells at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I've done that a few times. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, please look the other way. Have you been yelled at before? <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I'm like, you don't understand. The guitar can go in the overhead. I promise. Yeah. That's cool. Well, actually, that, that sort of answers a question I was going to ask you because the next song I want to play was Follow You, but I really like the the version um, of you playing it in Iceland with just the guitar. Oh, you like that? Yeah, oh, that's I so do. fun. So I thought that would be a nice one um, for us to play. It's you're sitting in the back of a car. Um, yeah, because it. it was pouring rain. We thought we weren't going to be able to do it. And I was like, well, let's just put me in the in the trunk of the car and use the because I was going to kind of walk walk in this in magnificent ireland and walk yeah. and sing but it was it was raining too hard and what were you doing there i was making the actual video for the studio version of follow you yeah okay I so, so it was yeah. in that same stretch of time that's cool um so you went to iceland just to do the the music video then yes <laughs> so cool it's a very beautiful music video if, if anybody wants to look it up so this is oh, um, i loved it this is follow you by melanie penn and this is the We'll call it the unplugged version. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here it is. I got no wisdom to get me through. Got no previous experience to refer back to. No instruments to recalibrate So I guess I'll fly blind Into this unknown place But like a pillar of fire that lights my way Your love leads like a cloud by day It's your voice I'm listening to If you say go, I will follow you I'll follow you about gardens I've noticed over time it comes when I'm silent and sometimes after I decide is missing information the gift of an open door is it an invitation to trust you more like a pillar of Like a cloud by day It's your voice I'm listening to If you say go I will follow you I'll follow you New territories Make me want to lie down And stay still But moving forward Is required it seems And so I will Yeah, you've always led through the wilderness I will follow 
listening to Radio Maria and that was Melanie Penn singing Follow You, the unplugged version from the back of a car in Iceland. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's really great. Um, I wanted to ask you some questions about um, writing music and um, you say that you came, you came to the, uh, you say that you pivoted to writing um, and so this is not something that you did like in the early stages of your your music career um and i want to know what that that process was like coming at it um after after a career in music um tell us about the first thing that you wrote <laughs> it was a very scary process um i yeah i start i started getting into writing songs you know god was so good i got a couple of wins right away by the way can you hear that sighing noise there's a, a guy's there's a guy sawing <laughs> drywall Don't two rooms away. It. <laughs> it's just sound effects. So I, I got a couple of wins when I first started writing songs. I was like, oh, this is so creative and fun. And I like these songs. And I played them for a friend in New York who was a songwriter. And he was like, oh, I think you might be able to write songs. It was almost like a shot of confidence. Uh -huh. Um but I I was very afraid. I felt very kind of unworthy. I felt like songwriters were super special people and hold on. Can you hear that too? I've got a, also got a plumber talking to my mom in the other room. No, can you I hear that? Hear it. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this house. Um, so it really, but, but the most important thing that happened was I felt so, so I felt two things at one time. I, f I felt very unable to write songs And then I felt a deep desire to write to them. Mm -hmm. So I badly wanted to write and I very much felt like I could not. Yeah. And that put me in a great place to ask God for something. So I asked God, I said, if you could teach me how to write songs, I promise you I will show up every day for mm -hmm. a songwriting lesson. And I knew that God could teach me to do it because God is, you know, first composer who ever lived. Yeah. So I was like, well, God has all the knowledge. I was like, I know he can teach me to write songs. <laughs> and I would, and that's what happened. Yeah. So I really, you know, now I probably need to go back to songwriting times with that same mentality of like, oh, I'm here for God to teach me something. Like now I've written a lot of songs. So I think I can, I can think it's all me or something, which puts me in a worse place. But there was something about that openness initially that really helped. Hmm. That's... And so I want to tell people, if there's anything I want to say with my creative life, it's for people who want to do something or people who think they might be creative and they're afraid. Yeah. Like as, as a believer, if you believe in Jesus, you have every resource that you need for, to ask God for help in being creative. Because I think that there's nothing that makes him happier. Yeah. To sing a new song. To sing a new song. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's very cool. Um, 
and a little bit about the the um, practical kind of sitting down and and writing um do you sit there with a guitar do you write the lyrics first do you get a melody um how does it work a lot of times phrases that are lyrics and melody come at the same time mm -hmm. and most successfully it's on a walk oh wow so i'll get something on a walk and then i'll be able to actually sit down in a more formal way with a guitar at a desk and kind of eke something out but usually um the seeds come on a walk okay and um do you then like sing it into your phone or sometimes yeah or a recorder i'll have a little pocket recorder with me okay because i imagine there's nothing worse than than getting a line and then forgetting it um, yeah that's true i've learned i've learned just to stop whatever i'm doing and sing something into a recorder real quick that's cool um and what is the kind of time the gestation period of a song like do you um do you have songs that you will work on for years um and some yes yeah yes it's everything sometimes i can write a song i mean it's really cool when you write a song in 15 minutes <laughs> like there's one song i woke up from a nap and the song was there really the whole song the whole song was there in a nap. and i was like why can't it always be like this i just take a nap <laughs> and then i wake up with a song i was like how cool is that most of the time it's agony but then there's other times it's been you know two or three years or i go back to something or yeah yeah that's very cool. Um, so I want to go to the album that I first heard of yours. And I was, like I said, in the beginning of this broadcast, I was really struck um, by this album. It's a Christ uh, Christ Christmas album. Christmas. 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 Yes. <laughs> yes, it does have the word Christ in it. Um, and... Um, I remember seeing the the song titles and thinking, not thinking that much would 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 be there because I I had like a bit of a skepticism for. Um, I know, I know. People people underestimate the Christmas albums. Yeah, and then I, I was I was really really taken aback um, in in the best of ways, um, and I'd love for us to talk about it. But why don't we play one of the songs first? Um, and the one, oh, which one, which one? <laughs> so the one that I've chosen is, um, where did I put it now? It's great things. All right. You've got to set it up for people. So they know, they know what it is. Yeah. So this song is, um, about Mary. Mary um, singing it. Yes. It's Mary's yes. words. So Gabriel, the angel Gabriel has just departed from Mary after telling her that she'll bear a son. Yeah. And of course, being a, a Catholic radio, we, we love songs like this that kind of speak of Mary. And the the um, version that I've chosen is, again, um, a more kind of stripped down version. It's the Folk Sessions one. Yes. Here, yes. Which, which I think is really, really beautiful. Um, so here it is. Great Things by Melanie Penn.
You're listening to Radio Maria, and that was Great Things from the album Emmanuel, sung by Melanie Penn. Um, probably the first song that I heard you singing, um, or maybe the second, but it was definitely that album, and I still think it's really, really beautiful and really lovely. Oh, it. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and tell us a little bit about um, the musicians that are collaborating with you on this, that project. Yeah, on that version, I had a bluegrass band called the Arcadian Wild mm-hmm. um, guest guest with me in the studio. So they sang, you know, played and sang on those recordings, mm-hmm. and they're just great. It's um, a three person band: mandolin player, acoustic guitar player, and I think oh, a violin player. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. I I like that a lot. They're wonderful. Um, Yeah. And um, tell us a little bit about the journey of writing a concept album, because you hadn't done that before, had you? (laughs) I had not. And I guess we go back to my musical, my movie musical days. I think I didn't know it at the time, but I really I wrote a musical about Christmas. You know, it, it, it is an album. It's a it's a songwriter album, but it's it has all the things, you know, it tells a story from beginning to end. It's got different characters. So for those listening, the album Emmanuel that I wrote is a, a telling of the Christmas story from the Bible. And every song is from the perspective of one of the characters in the story. So right. Mary sings a song, Joseph sings a song, you know, the prophet Isaiah sings a song yeah. <laughs> kind of like uh, goes, goes through a whole host of characters. Um, I'm working right now on a new song for the Emmanuel project that I hope to tack onto it. That that's a song for King Herod. So that's really? like when I do the concert, when I, every Christmas, when I do the, the concert, sometimes there's a jokester out there who's like, where's your villain song? <laughs> like every good, every good musical needs a villain song. But um, yeah. So you've written that one already. I'm working on it. Working it's almost it. okay. done. Wow. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, <laughs> have you done this before? Have you taken the perspective of... of um you know, walked into kind of a scene and, and taking the perspective of different characters in your writing? Yes, yes, definitely. And I've, another thing I've done is I've written a lot of songs from the perspectives of different aspects of creation. Okay. So like I have a song from the perspective of the wind, who's, you know, it's really a song about the Holy Spirit. I've got a song from the perspective of creation itself it's called before a fall it's yes, about I, I it's like a creation yes. creation's perspective of like before the, the the fall of creation like looking back what what it was like before the fall um before the fall in the garden of eden um so i do i have a song from the perspective of the sun <laughs> yeah. and that song is about you know, the, the hook of that song talks about I rise again tomorrow. And mm. it's really like us echoing, echoing Christ's journey of resurrection. Like, like just when you think it's over, I, yeah. I rise again. Um, so I just love, I love songs like that. And I do love personification. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, one of the things that struck me when I was listening to you is just the kind of the, the control that you have of your voice um, and you have a very sweet, very vibrant um, kind of voice. And I imagine that uh, your classical training um, is something that you lean quite heavily on um, even now when you're doing pop music. I think so. I think so. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. I was wondering, though, have you ever had to push against any of your classical training in, in, the, 
in the more pop um, kind of genre that you're doing now? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, there's, um, I think my longtime producer and I in Nashville, sometimes we'll get into the studio and he'll be like, oh, the vibrato's sounding a little bit, you know, out of the style. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes we really lean on, lean on my vibrato in kind of a folky way. Yeah. That's really the only thing I, I very instinctively can sing in a pop style. But I think when vibrato comes in, you know, that is, that's either fitting or it's not. Mm-hmm. And and my producer and I usually know what direction it can go in, but occasionally I need a little help. Yeah, there are a few people who could can pull off uh, heavy vibrato like Elvis Presley. And... Right, right. <laughs> but then you've got singers like Michael Bublé or Josh Groban who are like just these phenomenal vocalists. Yeah. And I feel like they're people who are in, in the pop realm, but they're really using their whole voice. Like they're not holding back or trying to, you know, tone it down. So I would love, I, I feel like they're great singers to look up to in terms of, you yeah. know, being in the pop world, but being like real phenomenal singers who can hold mm-hmm. their own with mm-hmm. anybody, you know? Cause I feel like sometimes in pop music, uh, people can kind of, uh, an untrained voice can can sort of play into the um, the idiosyncratic kind of things in their voice um, to their advantage, but um, but then at the expense of of really um, you know doing the hard work to making your voice resound the way it should, um, or they can't and or, and they can't do it live, right. You know, or they can sing, you know, they sing two shows and then have to take a lot of days off Yeah, because the, you know, the athleticism isn't there. I imagine that your, your time in theater would have really helped you with that sort of thing. Yeah. It's like boot camp. It's like singing boot camp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, let's go to another one of your songs. Um, I'd like to play, um, I will trust um, tell us a little bit about this song. You know, I will trust is about any anyone in at any stage in life who's just like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know where I'm going next, but I trust that God will lead the way mm-hmm. no matter what. All right, let's hear it. When I was younger. I want a big life I would lie awake at night I would stare I would sing To the ceiling Were you listening? Ooh, you brought me here To a city of dreams and fears Ooh, what do I do from here? I will trust in you to decide do we ever learn whether to turn left or right 
Rita Maria, and um, we've been speaking to Melanie Penn about her songs, and um, that last one was I Will Trust. I'm so glad you added that one um, to the list at the last minute. Um, it's really lovely. and, and I'm glad. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's beautiful. I, in, the, in the few minutes that we have left, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, what, what are you looking forward to in the future? Is there anything, um, apart from writing a song from Herod's perspective, <laughs> is there anything uh, that you kind of have um, that you hope to kind of t- to bring out maybe something out of the ordinary? Well, it's kind of top secret, but I am supposed to record in the beginning of 2024 the, the companion album to Emmanuel, okay. which is the Easter version. So like songs from the perspective, different perspectives in the Easter story. And we're just at the very front end of that. And so I am not going to say another word about it because I will, I'm, you know, I believe in Jesus. I'm not superstitious, but I also don't want to jinx myself. So (laughs) I I can't say, yeah, but I'm hoping to bring that project to life at the beginning of next year. That's great. Okay, well, you can be sure that we would definitely um, have that music on Radio Maria. Yay, um, good. And we'd love to talk to you about it if, you, if you're up for another conversation. I um, would love, and it would be fun to come see you guys if I get to the UK. Please. You know, before COVID, I would come and spend basically every October in the UK. Okay. Um, and there's just no more beautiful time to be in the UK than October. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to get to y'all. Cool. Well, we're down in, in Cambridge um, and we're also in London. We have a studio there. I imagine you probably stopped by in London. Um. I did. Well, it's usually, I'm usually in Scotland more and then in Manchester sometimes, but I'm sure okay. we can work it out. Cool. Yeah. That sounds like a, a great plan. Um, so tell, tell the listeners where they can find your music. You can find me anywhere you stream music. It's Melanie Penn, P-E-N-N is my last name, all under my name. And um, I love Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram and 
Yeah. And then MelaniePenn.com if you're interested in shows and you come to the United States. There's more shows in the United States right now. Cool. <laughs> so we're going to close off with um, a song, I Want to Know You. Do you want to say a, a word or two about this? No, just that um, the song is also a scripture-based song. Yeah. And um, I just hope it blesses people. Right. Well, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on Radio Maria. And um, hopefully Thanks for having me. we'll have another conversation um, in the near future. I would love that. All right. God bless. Share in your sufferings as a child.